Hey, yo, what's up, world? Yo, I'm Carl. And I'm CT, and you're watching... What's up, nephew? Powered by Athletes 360. Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? I'm like, what's up? Where you been? What you know about? Oh, no. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up with you? Oh, yeah. What's up, nephew? Yo, what up, nephew? What's up? How you been doing today, man? Good. What you been doing today? You you sound like you sound tired. That was like a tired puff puff. <laughs> I was working out earlier today. All right. But I went to go get my hair done. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went to work out too, man. It is it's hot outside. You worked out outside? Yeah. It's so muggy Super here, hot. man. It's like. 90 degrees and muggy man that's like the worst but i will say yeah. i ran three miles today so when this when, when covid is over i'm coming for you i'm gonna take you on the court okay i'm gonna take you on the track you want to see me on the football okay. field whatever i'm ready for you all right be ready for you when when, when we can go outside again <laughs> Sounds all right but you ready to go yeah. All right. So everybody, what's up? We got a great show for y'all today. Um, we're gonna talk about Ivy League and sports. Um, we're gonna talk about that money that Patrick Mahomes just made, and we're gonna talk about a, a couple of um, top twenty high school um, basketball players their their um, commitments, and we're gonna jump right into it. Let's go. All right, so first we have this or that questions. So my first question I want to start off with asking, Marshawn Lynch or Barry Sanders? Barry Sanders. Like, yeah, I'm going to I mean, Sanders. Marshawn Lynch, he's a beast, beast mode. Yeah, but Barry Sanders was a, a different animal. Um, you know, he retired prematurely. He got tired of losing, being on, on the Lions squad. If it wasn't for that, he would probably have – Majority of the Russian record, so I'm happy about that. But he didn't win nothing. Marshawn Lynch did win some 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 rings. Yeah, I mean, but we just talking about a player. If you talking about a player, yeah. put him, put him, put um Barry Sanders on all of Marshawn Lynch's squads. He win too. They might have won more conventionally, if yeah. you ask me. Yeah, I'm going with Barry Sanders too. Okay. All right, next question. Best comeback in the championship. Um, Super Bowl 51, New England Patriots versus Atlanta Falcons. Ooh. The 28-3 lead that the Falcons had. Or 2016 finals, the 3-1 lead that um, the Warriors had on the Cavs. Ooh. That's a tough one. Huh? I mean, I think I might have to go with the finals. I might have to go with the comeback by the Cavs. Um you know, we ain't never seen nothing like that before. And, you know, that was supposed to be the greatest team, right? Assembled, ever assembled in basketball. And for for yeah. LeBron and them to be able to come back like that, I'm going to have to go with that. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know what happened. Like, 
the Falcons. They just went into halftime and like went in and started celebrating. They thought they had already won it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was a great comeback by the Patriots, but I ain't never seen nothing like the Cavs. Who you got? I don't know. It's a tough one for me because the Patriots, they only had two quarters to come back. Yeah. And they came back in those two quarters. So, I feel like they had less time to come back and they came back. But it's different sports, so it's different. Yeah, it's different sports. So, um, yeah. And you can't but never... Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Cavs. Okay. But you can't never count against, you know, Tom Brady. So, maybe if it was a different quarterback... I would have saw it differently, yeah, but I mean, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. All right, next question: um, Women's UConn basketball or Tennessee? Mm, you mean like just the overall history of those teams? Yeah, the overall history of the teams. Okay. Um, ooh, I mean, both teams have produced like legends, like yeah. some of the all-time greatest just basketball players. Period. You know, Tennessee, you got yeah. Candace Parker, Tamika Ketchins, Shamika Holesclaw. Um, and then, you know, UConn got Sue Bird, Diana Taurasi, Maya Moore. Whew. I'm, I'm going to have to go. Ooh. I'm going to have to go with UConn. Like, what Gino has done at that squad, I mean... They went how long? How many years was it in a row? They just went undefeated. I think it was like three, four. I years. mean, that's just special right there. So yeah, that's why I'm about to go. With <laughs> I UConn. think I'm about to go with UConn. I, that's just amazing. Much respect to that, that Tennessee many... squad, though. I mean, the history that Tennessee has put in Pat Summit, the way she built that squad, like she built that that um program. So definitely got to shout her out. But I'm gonna have to go with UConn on this one. But what were you saying? Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with UConn too. I'm gonna have to go with UConn too because that's just amazing to go that many consecutive seasons with an undefeated record. Like that's just that just amazes me. Right, and then like you have you just replace players. Like you don't even have to, you know, rebuild. You just replace them and go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Would you rather be Robert Ory or Charles Barkley? Hmm. Dang. I think I'm a, I think I'd be rather be ooh. So do I rather be one of the greatest top fifty players of all time in Charles Barkley? Or have won seven championships and hit some big shots in those championships to win my to make my team win. Ooh, that's a tough one. I think I would rather be a legend. I think I would rather be Charles Barkley. Yeah. Honestly, in my eyes, yeah, I'd rather be a legend too. Cause I mean, a lot of people, I feel like in today's age, if they're not like people who pay attention to basketball and all that stuff, I feel like they really wouldn't know who Robert Ory is. Yeah. And know all the accomplishments that he had, being that he won seven championships more than Michael Jordan. But Charles Barkley, a lot of people would know him because eleven time All Star, like he had a I feel like a better career. Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, yeah, I go with Charles Barkley, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you are right. I think you're right that, um, like, if you're not, like, a a big sports enthusiast, you might not know who Robert Ory is. Big shot Bob. 
<laughs> but you know who the round mound of basketball, the round mound of rebound is. <laughs> oh, that that was a good question. But yeah, that was my last question. So okay, so let's move on to our next segment. What's NNA? What's NNA? What's NNA? All right, so just this just happened today. The Ivy League has said they're canceling all fall sports, and um, fall sports won't return until at least twenty twenty one. What do you think about that? Um, that's smart in my eyes. That's I. I feel like all schools should do that. Mm. I feel like high school, college. I feel like everything should do that. I feel like everything really needs to shut back down until this virus thing is figured out. I feel like. We're rushing into things way too fast. Right. I just don't think a lot of things is time. Like I don't feel like it's the time for a lot. And being that I believe just decided to shut everything down early, no practices, canceling all training camps and all that. I feel like that's smart because I feel like at the end of the day, everything's gonna shut back down. So I just feel like instead of wasting people's time, they just went ahead and was just like. Ending it, so I feel like it's very smart. Yeah, like, well, I'm, I'm just going to um, shake up your opinion a little bit. What if basketball was a fall sport? Would you still feel like that? Yes. Really? So your sport, Dave's canceling yeah. your sport. You would feel that kind of way for like every like high school, college. I'm just NBA, like everything. Uh, college. Let's do college since we're talking about the Ivy League. If they was canceling your sport, your senior year. And they said, you know what? We're gonna cancel your sports season. You would you would be okay with that? I mean I I wouldn't want anybody wasting my time. Yeah. So if I already feel like that the season's gonna get canceled anyway, I just don't feel like there's no point in me wasting my time at all these practices and all that if we're not even gonna be able to right. play. Yeah. So I just feel like it's a it's a smart decision. Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like the Ivy League is once again on the right side on on getting ahead of ahead of things. Um, you know, back in March, they were the first ones to like cancel their basketball tournaments. You know, they they both was like, you know, up oh, we ain't gonna even start our um, you know end of the season tournaments, our Ivy League tournaments, so they canceled them. It looks like once again they are headed all the other sports leagues and canceling fall sports. So you know, I think yeah. you know I commend them for that. Um, I think you got to follow the money. You know, Ivy League don't really make you no know, sports don't bring Ivy League schools that much money. You know, you you basically kind of go to Ivy League schools for academics. So you know, I'm not sure if all the Power Five schools are going to follow suit. You know, like, you know, you got the Michigans, the Dukes, the Ohio State, those types of universities. They bring in a, a boatload of money from their sport. So it's a little easier for Ivy League, for the Ivy League to say, you know what, we just going to cancel football. Whereas, it, whereas Michigan canceling football is Ohio State. You know what I'm saying? It's Alabama. So this is, yeah. I think this is an interesting story. And I think we're going to have to really keep a close eye on it. And see what happens from there. I feel like everybody gonna follow follow up to what they doing. That's how I feel. We'll see. I don't know. Let's like I said, follow the money. 
but yeah i hope i hope everybody you know as a public health person you know i want people to you know take a pause on, on things and let's get you know let's get a control on this pandemic but we'll see all right next up the homie patrick mahomes did you see patrick that money mahomes. that he just got did you just see all that money they got they gave my guy making half a billion dollars half a billion to play football for 10 yeah. years what do you think about that what do you think that is very 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 crazy i don't but i just feel like kansas is just scared to lose him yeah like it, the contract actually has no trade clause in it so like they really was trying to lock him up yeah they, they just don't want to lose patrick mahomes and i don't blame him for that i feel like patrick mahomes is gonna be a goat in a, in a little bit right so. yeah um i think it's it's smart that they um you know locked him up for 10 years the way that you know you got tom brady and drew Brees, all these players that are like playing well and up in age and still producing at a high level yeah let's go ahead and lock up patrick mahomes for those years but one of the other reasons um that i like about this signing is you do you remember um when some of the players got together and made that um Black Lives Matter, My Life Matter, My Life Matters video. Mm. Well, okay, so I think. yeah, so it was the video right before um, Roger Goodell came out and said that they believed they were wrong and they believed that Black Lives Matter. So in that video was Patrick Mahomes, and you know all the rumors, all the talk around that was like, you know, once. The NFL saw that Patrick Mahomes was in that video. They were like, yo, we got to say something. Like, this is the face of our league. And he said, he's saying Black Lives Matter. We got to say something, too. So, like, this just kind of shows, proves that he really is the face of the league. And, you know, what he thinks, his beliefs, they really matter. And I just really hope that he can continue to use his leverage in the league, you know, for for good. Yeah. Um, not only in the NFL, but you know the things that they touch, the communities that they touch. <laughs> okay, so here's the next topic. Um, Makira Maker, did you see that he committed to Howard? Yeah, I honestly feel like he's a trendsetter. Why he finished at the trend? That's what I was gonna ask you. So you think he's about to begin the wave? Is this gonna start? Yeah. I, I mean, starting the wave. Maker, what is he? A top twenty player? Yeah, I mean, and he picked it over 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 schools like UCLA. I mean, Kentucky. Yeah, big offer. That is major. That's major. Um, you know, I'm excited. You know, I'm. It's like Gen Z. It's like y'all y'all really watching. Y'all paying attention to what's going on. Um, and this just makes me excited. You know, I'm really hoping that he does start a trend. You know what I'm saying? This this would make this would shake up so much if 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 like more players begin to be like follow in his footsteps. I think this a this a really set a trend. And then also I saw that it was a couple of players that made it. Um, that were transferring to HBCUs. I know it was a a player. Man, I can't think of his name right now, but he's transferring to Norfolk State. So it might this might mm. really be a trend that's about to happen. I think it is. Yeah, well, you said you said it um a couple episodes ago that you would do it. Yeah. So, I mean, this is your generation, so I don't know. What's your boy? You been talking to anybody that's 
that's older than you? Have anybody been talking about this? About committing HBCUs? Yeah. Or or um, taking a serious or taking a serious look at HBCUs. One of my friends, he was thinking about um transferring. And um he wanna transfer to HBCU too. Oh, that's what's up. Honest I honestly do feel like like he's setting the trend. Yeah. He's starting it up, I feel like. So I'm proud of his decision. And I'm glad he was one of the first to do it and being that he's such a top recruit player it's like I feel like it's just gonna make a lot of kids just wanna go there yeah you're right like other times it's like you know like oh he not like a top 100 top 500 type player like nobody cares but he's like schools wanted him like the schools that are in the running for national championships year in year out offered him a scholarship for him to choose Howard that's major all right, let's move on to some basketball news. Um, did you see that the Milwaukee Bucks and um, Sacramento Kings had, had shut down their facilities due to um, more positive COVID-19 tests? Very, very smart in my eyes. You think it's smart? Yeah. I just, I feel like everything's just finna just shut back down. I think it's, uh, you know, I think it shows that COVID-19 is real. You know, for all the people that are saying it's not, it's fake. Only certain people getting it. This right here shows, you know, I think, you know, something about when when something happens to a celebrity, when it happens to somebody they see on TV that, that people would think that it's bigger than life. Um, it's like, oh snap, this is real. So I think this is that's one thing that this shows. But you know, it's starting to make me think like, you know, maybe the NBA has a good system here, you know. So you know, like like you said, like I'm not even sure if they should bring sports back right now. But if you're going to do it, I think this is the way to do it: regular testing. And when you finally get yeah. positive tests, you know they're making they're quarantining those players, they're making moves, they're shutting down facilities, they're cleaning those facilities. I think those are all great moves um, to show that you're really taking this thing seriously. I just really hope that it's you know, nothing more than just somebody tests positive and they got a quarantine for 14 days happens and nothing more serious. Nobody, you know, gets really sick um, because of this. So we'll see. We'll see. We keep an eye on it. Um, I think eight teams reported down to the bubble this week so far. So it's coming back. So we'll see. They need to go back home. We'll see. We'll see. They in the bubble now. So let's just hopefully they they do them right. All right. Um, they need to go home. <laughs> all right. Did you see um, the Atlanta Dream owner, Kelly Loafer, what she said about... Yes. Um, yes, 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 yes. She said that the Black Lives Matter movement doesn't align with the WNBA. What do you think about those words? Like, I honestly do wonder what was going through her mind when she decided to say that publicly. Well, she's the same yeah, person. Everybody would know that she said that. She was the same person that um that said, you know, you know, she didn't really like the when black people were carrying gun. That was like um I forgot the exact word. It was like a oh oh what is the word? Basically, she was like compared to like to like thug mentality. I think I'm not sure. Don't quote me on it. But it was similar to that. So she's had some things to say, and she she's traditionally a gun right 
activist, a gun rights activist. Like she's for gun rights. But then when she saw, um, you know, black people protesting with guns, it was like, oh, maybe we don't need to have guns. So this goes in line with what she's said before. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think she, I think she needs to go. I think they need to go ahead and get it off the paint. What do you think? Yeah, I think they need to give her the boot. She needs to disappear. Then she needs to. Honestly, if I was a player on that team, I wouldn't play until she is gone. Right. Cause that was just, I feel like a, a real, real ignorant moment and racist moment for her to do that. Most definitely at this time, with all this stuff going around and the players are requesting to put Black Lives Matters on their jerseys and all this extra stuff on their jerseys. And she requested to put the American flag. On yeah, she she's really sounding like Donald Sterling. You remember him, the Clippers owner? Yeah, for the Clippers. Yeah, yeah. I think they're gonna have to go ahead and be like, you know what, sell your team. Let's 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 let somebody else buy this team. I think that's what's coming next for her. <laughs> Speaking of crazy remarks, um, did you see where um the anti-Semitic post that um Deshaun Jackson made this week? Yeah. That threw me off. It threw you off? What threw you off? That he made that post. Yeah. Like, it's like... I don't, I don't know why he did that. It's like, do your research, man. Like, basically the post was, you know, praising what Hitler did to Jewish people, right? And and yeah. and kind of said... I don't know, yeah, it was a crazy post. Basically saying something like, I'm around the lines that um, Hitler knew... <laughs> Hitler knew that that black people were, you know, smart and all that type of stuff. And that's why, you know, the Jewish people wanted to cover that up and they were going to take over America. Something really ridiculous. And it's like, you got to do your research. Like, you can't just be posting everything. You got to check multiple searches, sources. Like, that's, that's just a note to all the people out there that, you know, be reading stuff. You can't believe everything that you read. I mean, yeah. and if it's praising Adolf Hitler, like, I'm pretty sure even you have, how many times have y'all learned about Adolf, Adolf Hitler in your history books and classes? Like, I learn about him every year. Every year. Every year. So, if somebody, if something is praising Hitler, it's probably not credible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, Deshaun. Like, um, um, well, he apologized for it. It's gonna make a lot of people not like him, huh? I feel like it's gonna make a lot of people not like him as much anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think people are really coming down heavy on him, and um, yeah. we'll see. Like, we'll we'll see if this, you know, he's on the back end of his career. Anyway, but we'll we'll see if this, you know, really hurts his career or not. But um. He really he backtracked it really quickly and he apologized, but I just wish he wouldn't have done it. Yeah. All right. So that was a lot. Uh, what was you gonna say? I wasn't saying anything. I just I don't know. That, that wasn't a smart idea. Yeah. So those are our what's happening topics of the day. So we're gonna move on to our next topic. And it's our athlete of the week. So. Makai, when, when when I say Bubba Wallace, what comes to mind? NASCAR driver. Um, 
only black per only black NASCAR driver right as of right now. And um, you just had that big situation with the noose. Right. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So right now he's the only black driver in NASCAR, and not only he's he's the only black driver in NASCAR's tight top series. So you know the stock car series is is top of the line. It doesn't get any better than that in racing. And he's he's a racer there. Um, you know, I'm really drawn to Bubba Wallace for the simple fact from being from Danville, Virginia, you know, that's the home of Wendell Scott, the first black driver in NASCAR. So, you know, when you know Bubba Wallace came on to the scene a few years ago, I was like, yo, who is this dude? You know, like he's, you know, kind of taking Wendell Scott's place or whatever, or filling his shoes that, you know, going through the path that Wendell Scott set. So he's always been interesting to me. Um, Bubba Wallace, he was born in, born in Alabama and grew up in North Carolina, and he began racing at nine years old. That's crazy. I wonder what he was driving at, at nine years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he entered into the Drive for Diversity program that NASCAR has that recruits drivers from minority groups. And he worked his way up from that. Um, at 17 years old, he became the first African-American to win a rookie of the year award in in any NASCAR series. So that was that's mm. that's dope. Um in 2012 he got his first race in NASCAR's second tier series and he finished 7th overall in 2015 in that series. Um he made his debut in the trucking race series in 2013 and in 2014 he placed 3rd overall in that series. And then um he he in in the truck series as well. He's also he won six races in the truck series, and he was the um, first he was the first African American driver to win so many um, to have so many wins on any level since Wendell Scott. So I thought that was dope. Mm. Yeah, and then in, in 2017 he got his opportunity to the big to the big leagues to the big to the big series. Um, he got a chance to replace the injured driver. In the car, number forty-three car that you know Richard Petty um, made famous, and ever since then, ever since twenty seventeen, you know he's been a full-time driver for that car. And um, over his years, he's made he's had two big place finishes um, in his career, and they were in the two two of the biggest races. So he finished second in the Daytona five hundred in two thousand eighteen. And he finished third in the Brickyard 400 in 2019. And, you know, like you said, so Bubba Wallace, he's the only black guy, black driver in NASCAR right now. And he's really been like a force, you know, within NASCAR. You know, he's, you know, he he hasn't backed down. For him to be the only driver, you know, in a predominantly white sport, um, white owners, white drivers, white fans, and to have all of that and for him to, to speak up for the things he's speaking up with, with you know, that makes him a, a, a true athlete, right? Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, you know, I was, he's done, you know, he spoke out against the Confederate flag flying in NASCAR events. You know, not too long after his, he spoke out about it, they banned the Confederate flag. So I think that yeah. was dope. Um, he made that huge statement at the Martinsville Speedway when he drove the Black Lives Matters, Black 
Black Lives Matter card. You know, he blacked it out, put Black Lives Matter on the front, Black Lives hashtag Black Lives Matter on the side, and that, I think that was dope. And yeah. then, you know, that was a, a really dope statement, a very unapologetic statement, and I, you know, I commend him for that. Um, and then, like you said, recently, you know, Trump had made a statement saying that you know the incident with the noose was a hoax. He was basically trying to say that Bubba Wallace made it up; it wasn't true. And yeah. you know, Bubba Wallace came out with a statement not too long after that. I thought, you know, that I'm going to read, and I felt like it was a message for all young athletes. And I think, you know, they should really listen to these words. He says, "Quote." Your words and actions will always be held to a higher higher standard than others. You have to be prepared for that. You don't learn these things in school. You learn from trials and tribulations, the ups and downs this crazy world provides. You will always have people testing you, seeing if they can knock you off your pedestal. I encourage you to keep your head held high and walk proudly on the path you have chosen. Never let anybody tell tell you you can't do something. All the haters are doing is elevating your voice and platform to much greater heights. End quote. I mean, I, I mm. thought that was a very powerful quote. And I thought it was really a good message yeah. for young athletes. Um, what do you so I was gonna ask you, so like as a, as an athlete, do you feel that that you're held to a higher standard than, than other people? I mean, it depends on where I'm at. I mean, yeah. I okay, so you've been a high school athlete. Let's let's go with in high school. Like, let's go in school. Are you? Do you feel like athletes are held to a, a higher standard? Way, way. Like, I mean, in school, it's like, and you're an athlete, you can't get in trouble. You get in trouble. But I mean, at my school, it's different. Right. It depends on what sport you play. Basketball. Basketball, we're right. held to a way higher standard. Football, not as much. I mean, football players are getting trouble and they still play next week. But at my school, basketball, you get in trouble. There's no plan right. for you for that next week. Can't practice, or if you do practice, you're just running the whole time. So, um, athletes, I feel, are held on a higher pedestal in high school because, like, I get right. you're supposed to, you're supposed to be looked at as a leader. Like, people are supposed to look up to you and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm put on a higher position. Yeah, I, I really that, do think that, you know, athletes are a lot of times held to a higher, stand, higher standard. And then, you know, so they have this high standard that they're put at. But then, you know, when, when they meet that standard, which, you know, lately athletes have been doing, you know, people want to tell them they're just athletes. They don't know what they're talking about. You know, they want to get on the news and tell them to shut up and dribble. So, you know, it's, it's real interesting. So the same people mm-hmm. that, you know, make it big news when they do wrong, right? Um, but then on the other hand, you know, they yeah. when they do speak out for right, when they do speak out for the voiceless, they need to shut up. They need to be quiet. They don't know what they're talking about. So, you know, I think those words are true. And I, and I really... Yeah. Um, I think I also think Bubba Wiles is right when he said, you know, all the haters are doing is is elevating your voice and platform to much greater heights. By Trump, you know, making those statements, saying it was a hoax and whatever, I think it really did just elevate Bubba Wiles, and, and I think he's right about that. Um, one of the other things, you know, you know, Bubba Wiles is really yeah. the only right now he's the only black driver in NASCAR, 
I wonder what it's like to be like the only person, the only black driver or only black person in the sport. Have you ever been in a, in a situation where you were like the only one and not necessarily um, the only black person, but that if you have, um, you could talk about that, but just like maybe, maybe being the youngest or, or something like that. I've been okay. the youngest. I mean, my guys are right now. AAU. I play right now. I'm the yeah. youngest on my team. I play up. So I'm the youngest right now. And um um high school, I play varsity. It's only right. me and this other freshman. And were so you able we're to we're both like, the youngest. I mean I'm not how, how was that, that situation way. for you though? Like how were you able to handle that? You like, said what? I'm pretty sure that was a lot of different stuff. It was a little different treatment. Um, so just talk about that. Talk about that experience. Yeah. Um, treatment was different. Like they will try to treat you like, mm. like you are younger than them and all that stuff. Like, like you're not, like you're not as good as them or stuff like that. And I mean, for me, I just, I just try to hold my own, like. My friend on varsity, he would let them like, oh, you got to carry the bags and all that. And I'm like, y'all can't right. belittle me. Like, I'm on this team too. I'm still human. Y'all going to treat me the exact same way y'all want to be treated. So I had to stand up for myself. And eventually it was just like, I got my respect yeah. and everybody respecting me. And um, for my AAU team, I just I stayed out everybody way. I just stayed in my own lane was in nobody else's business and I just yeah so like like that was really good like you just said um you know I'm human too I'm on this team too so like imagine what you went through being the youngest person on your team on varsity and amplify that to thinking about Bubba Wallace you know being the only black driver in a professional sport and what he's trying to fight against right um let's take it up another notch just think about um, Jackie Robinson when he integrated baseball. Um, like, um, let's think about Serena Williams, Serena and Venus when they first, you know, got into tennis. Like, just imagine having to handle that situation. Like, luckily for Serena and Venus, they had each other, right? They had each other to lean on. But just imagine, you know, being the only one. Like, do you think you could handle that type of pressure at that level? Um, I feel like I can. Yeah, I think it'd be tough because, like, it would be tough. If it was easy, you know, everybody would be able to do it, right? But you know, it's it's only a few people, um, you know, that can handle those type of situations. Like, I think it, you know, it takes years uh, of growth, and it takes a lot of, you know, uh, career. I don't know, but I think it, it really takes, um. A special person, right, to be able to handle that and, and to be able to handle it, yeah. um, the way that some of these these athletes have, have been handling. And I, I just want to say, I want to commend Bubba Wallace, and I think that he's really doing this thing right now, and he's really he's not backing down. And that's what one of the things that I really like about you know Bubba Wallace, like he's um, yeah. unapologetic about who he is, and and I commend him for that. And that's why he's our athlete of the week. <clears throat> All right, so yeah, yeah, I respect him for that. All right, so we're gonna move on to our last segment. Hey, 
Uncle Nephew. All right, so today's question, Makai, um, is for you. And we have it from Monte in Pittsburgh. Um, he says, what can I be doing to take my game to the next level during this pandemic? That's a good question. Um, yeah. Honestly, just put in work 24-7. Just you got to work out. Um, continue to perfect your craft. Um, continue to try to put up shots. If you got to go, try to put up shots. If you don't, try to find somewhere where you can put up shots. Well, whatever you're doing, um, not just shots. Work on... Yeah, whatever you're doing, not just shots. Whatever sports you're playing, just try to work on whatever you can do. Like, work out. Always try to run. Try to at least run. I okay. try to at least run two miles every day. If I don't get two miles, I get more. But um, try to run. Try to work out. Try to refrain myself from using weights because I heard that what? weights aren't that good for you. So, I've been using... Yeah, I've heard that from somebody. Somebody, people keep telling me weights is like, it's not... It's not like, uh, nah. horrible for nope. you, but no, nope. using other that's things not a other good. than don't, weights. Don't say that. That's what I heard, and I've been, I've been seeing, I've been seeing progress. I've been using weights for like a month now, and I've been seeing progress. I've just been doing like push-ups, different type of like um stuff that requires me just to use my body weight instead of using extra weights. Um, and also I've consistent bands. And I've been seeing a lot of progress from jumping to upper body strength. I've seen a lot of progress. So that's what I use. But you can't use weights if you want to, but just just try to put in a lot of work. Oh, uh, yeah. So um, your craft and whatever that's you a good do. answer. But yeah. we, we're going to, you know, I'm going to make a, a clarification. Weights aren't bad for you. Weights are just fine. You just got to know how to properly use them. But weights can only help you get better. So don't don't give everybody don't give the people false information. <laughs> now you can't you can't you can make progress without. I it. use resistance there's bands. Plenty, there's plenty of body weight stuff you can do. You can use resistance weights, um, resistance bands, and those type of things. But you also can use weights. So, um, but also just to take it to a, another level, like you know, Makai talked about the physical, but also during this time, like this time is very different than any other time. So like. If you play football um, and you're in high school, you're usually going to be at, at school a lot of hours of the day training, um, working with the the, train, the the weight room, the weight staff, um, you know, your other players, teammates running plays, those type of things. If you play basketball, you would have had summer league um, and then you would have been doing open gyms and those type of things. Baseball, same thing getting um, swings in the cages and also, you know, doing all types of travel ball and those type of things. But this is a little different because those things haven't came back fully yet, right? You, people might be doing it. People may be doing, be doing a little working out at the schools or whatever, but it's not like it would have been pre-COVID, right? So this is the time where I think you should really work on the, the mental aspects of your game. Yeah. Um, Take some time to watch film on yourself. Um... You know, ask your coaches how how do, how should you study film? You know, what what are the, some of the things that you should be looking at? Look at some of the old films of the teams that y'all are going to play. You know, uh, there, there's going to be some players that are returning 
that are going to be on that film that's going to be in the same systems, the same sets, running the same plays. Watch some of that stuff. Um, have your coaches send you that. Um, um, watch some some professional athletes that play your position and see what they do. Um, um, watch how they watch film, and those will also be great things that you can do to help you get ready for the next season. I, I think that's actually a great way, you know, to get the mental ready. Of course, work out. Um, of course, get shots up. Of course, run routes. Of course, get some swings in the batting cage. But also, you know, let's let's work on the mental um, aspects of the game as well. So, Makai, tell them how um, if they wanted to ask us questions, how they can get reaches for um, next week. Uh, y'all can, you guys can tweet us or hit us up on Instagram at Athletes360 from both accounts. That's the um, name. And yeah, just hit us up with questions, text us, DM us, tweet us, and yeah. Okay. That's our show for today. Uh, it was a great show, and, you know, I want to, once again, I want to leave y'all with a quote. Um, this quote is from Muhammad Ali. It's for all my young athletes out there. It says, he's, um, he said, quote, I don't count my sit-ups. I only start counting when it starts hurting. When I feel pain, that's when I start counting, because that's when it really counts. End quote. And Makai, what we closing? What song are we closing with tonight? Like this by G Herbo and Lil Uzi Vert. Good night. A hundred million, what I'm trying to get? Anything to get this paper, bitch, I'm trying it. Uh, ain't nobody gonna play with me. Reach, I'm buying it. No, you ain't me go broke. I'm dying with. Let's go. You ain't got grind like this. You ain't got cash like this. You ain't got grind like this. Yeah. You ain't got cash like this. Yeah. You ain't got grind like this. You ain't got cash like this. You ain't got grind like this. Yeah. You ain't got cash like this. Canary, my diamond, they wet just like lemon. Ocean, my neck, and it's like Pacific. I like my with facts. No, 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 look, Uzi, not too specific. DM that, but she's still in my mentions. Be talking, eat, baby, snitch. Be talking, eat, be snitch. Got a Glock on my waist, and I had to click. I'm with every. What's up with you? Oh, yeah. What's up, nephew?